Welcome to In The Zone. I'm your host, Garrison Roy, and today we have a full-length interview with Brady Vollmering. But before we get into that, I want to make sure that you guys have access to email in any questions or topics or even any future guests that you want on the podcast. It's in the zone podcast 123 at gmail.com. And lastly, before we get rolling, if you learned anything or found any of this information that we shared uh, you know, intriguing or maybe something that just kind of sparks a different thought process for you, right? Share the show, send it to some friends, some teammates, maybe even some former coaches or other coaches that you uh, speak to. I know a lot of our audience is also coaches um, other than just players. So yeah, exchange that value and we'll keep things rolling because it'll all be free content for you guys to continue to learn and grow the game and grow yourselves. But without further ado, Brady Bomering, the owner of DAC Performance and Health. Welcome on, dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who may not know, I actually trained underneath Brady for probably a little over a year um, back whenever I was working at Tread, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So, Yeah, it was, I think it was over a year, probably 12 to 14 months, somewhere around there. Right around there. I mean... You know, I, I was always looking for, you know, a lot of people do like program hopping, but I was like, I need a different perspective because every program or coach that I would reach out to, like they already had like a, a different flavor of other things that I've already explored. And I was like, you know, I was, I was hungry for something different. So and you definitely offered that unique perspective of, um, you know, just being your own authentic uh, type of coach, which is awesome. Yeah, I I don't know how much, how early you want to dive into stuff, but I think that's something that like, it's, it's very, uh, I think it's somewhat rare to find coaches that like truly they're not doing, they're not putting out what they're putting out or doing what they're doing because it's what they're quote unquote supposed to do, but it's like, they're just mm-hmm. going into what they're genuinely interested in. And I think when you go into what you're genuinely interested in, like you're probably going to do some stuff that is dumb. <laughs> like, honestly, that is dumb because oh, you're going to stumble on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you share some of that stuff, like people are going to be like, what are you doing? All that different type of stuff. But through that process, you can create like your own kind of formulation of what you want to do, create your own perspective yeah. and lens that you view things through. Yeah. Well, and that that's the part of where I think uh, as us coaches, like we also need to still practice a lot of this. I mean, we may not like necessarily play the, the, the sport itself, or maybe we do. I don't know. I, I did play some this past summer just to kind of yeah. a little bit, you know, not be too far removed from the game. Um, you know, but if you're not, if you're not doing anything to your day-to-day life to actually relate to the athletes, that's, it's going to be hard for you to connect those dots or actually know what's working and what's not. Absolutely. I mean, how I think about that is you can only take someone else, whether it's an athlete training, someone you're working with or just someone you're talking to, you can only take someone else as far as you yourself have gone. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know that there's another layer deeper, you're not going to be able to take someone else to that <laughs> layer that's deeper. 
In addition to that, if you haven't been to the layers at the top and like gone all the way through, then you're not going to be able to help bring someone that's kind of at that surface layer and bring them down either. So I think regardless of whether you like you actually play the sport, because like, let's say for me, I played football eighth, ninth grade. That's the only time that I played football. But that doesn't I don't think that means that someone in that scenario can't train football players. Right. But it just means that there needs to be some process that you went through to learn principles. So like, let's say you go through the process of, of playing baseball, training baseball players, you understand basic principles of how a body adapts with how, how a body goes through environments, that different type of stuff. Now you can take, and you can look at football, you can look at basketball, you can look at, um, you know, a non-athletic population like gen pop, and you can take those principles and apply them. Because I think sometimes if we think the coach has to be in the specific sport that they're training, like that can, kind of put them in a box or diminish it a little bit. So I don't think that's necessarily the case, but you definitely need to have gone through like the process of that to understand principles to apply. No doubt. I mean, and even with just those principles in general, like just how tissues recover or how, you know, just any, any, like you said, general pop would want to just have functional movement uh, to day to day. Like you're, you're going to need to have those principles in place to even get them to, a specific skill or specific, you know, sport of what they're trying to play. So definitely with you on that. I think it'll just come down to more of like, you know, obviously the skills coach is going to be the skills coach or like the, the football coach on, on the field, they're going to have that aspect. Um, Would you say that you're just kind of more filling in the gaps and not even really the gaps. I I mean, that'd be the right term, more of like, digging deeper into their personal development versus the actual skill development, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the, if we want to, if, if I get into the actual way that I look at what I do, mm-hmm. so it, it, the tool that I, that I use is, is training, right? Like physical movement, training, preparation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but the way that I think about that and actually literally five minutes before we hopped on the call, like an athlete mentioned it, mentioned the way that I really like this, how he described it. He's like, I'm trying to sculpt like myself, basically. Yeah. He's trying to sculpt the way that he is, not only his physical body, but his how he responds to different situations. Um, so when I take and I'm training somebody at the very base level of what we're doing is I want to get to who they actually are. Mm-hmm. The more that they understand who they actually are, the more that they can apply themselves into the training that they're doing as well as into anything else. If, if an athlete is training in a group of three and they don't know who they are and they're nervous or anxious or looking around to see what other people are doing so that they fit in with those other people, they're not really going to actually be getting as much out of that as they can. I mean, they will be for where they're at, right? That's fine. That's where they're at. But we you want to get novice gains from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we talked about earlier, we want to be able to take them down through those layers as efficiently as possible to get them, you know, further down the track. Um, so if we're doing that and we're getting to the base level of, of who that, who that human being actually is so that they can apply themselves more fully into anything that they're doing. Then for me, what that means is we sharpen that through what we're doing with physical preparation, with training. Then when it comes to the skill work, not only do I want to provide them every option that they should be able to have in the skill work in terms of actual physical capacity. So that means like being able to move their body every single way that is designed to move and being able to do that 
at a level that they that they can do that in their sport and be able to handle that, like not get injured. I mean, it's not about injury prevention, but it's just about preparing them, right? We want to give them the yeah. physical capacity to be able to do that. But then also, if they understand themselves better, are able to fully invest themselves into what they're doing, into the actual skill work, now they should be more aware. They should be more in tune with their body as they're going through that skill work. So it should make that more efficient. My goal is to make, if they're an, if it's an athlete that's in a skill, my goal is to make the job of the skill coach easier to where they can, the athlete can understand what the skill coach wants them to do, be able to have control of their body, of their mind, of all that, to be able to then go into that um, and make those changes more efficiently. Yeah, I like it. I think there was one thing, you know, it reminded me of as you were saying that when we mm-hmm. were working together, you were like, hey, what's the end goal here? I was like, I don't know try to throw harder, throw without pain, whatever. And you're like, no, our goal is to be as an adaptable, robust system or athlete, you, you know, however you said it. I can't remember. That's just how I remember it at least. Yeah. Like, Hey, you want to be adaptable, whatever environment, whatever, you know, test or training thing comes your way. Like for you to be able to overcome that is, is really the end goal. Yeah. So. Is, and, and even has your thought process kind of evolved since then, or is that fairly similar? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I do think robust and adaptable, like the words have become more, Ooh, you know, everyone, yeah, yeah. They've, they've become a right. little more common. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that still doesn't, I don't think that takes away the fact that we do want to build human or human beings or athletes that are able to do that, where it's not that, it's not that they're going, it's not that we're training them to go into specific scenarios that they can survive in. It's, it's to train them so that they can go into any environment or any scenario and they have the tools to navigate that scenario, even though they haven't been there before, Mm. because no, no environment situation or scenario is ever going to be exactly the same. Even if, if you have a guy that throws off the bump and he throws every fifth day over the course of his 30, 40 starts, however many starts he has over the course of a year, yeah, the the schedule of that looks the same. Like mm-hmm. they might play at seven o'clock. He's going to throw however many innings, et cetera. But the actual environment of that is completely different. So we want them to be able to have the tools to go into any environment and like navigate that as clearly as possible. Um, the second, I just want yeah. The second piece that came up when you said that was so when when someone's first starting training, like you mentioned, um, kind of what we talked about. What I'd like to do or what I like to try to do is get down to the, the person's actual why. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned, like you mentioned, I asked, why are we training or why are we doing this? And let's say that the goal is to be more healthy or to throw harder or whatever it is. Well, why do we want to do that? They provide an answer. Why do we want to do that? We provide an answer. Why do we want to do that? And get down to what it actually is. And, and some people don't actually know. And that's fine, but it's just making an introduction to that. Well, at least they're aware now that they really don't know yeah. that. Like, hey, yeah. I'm doing this because you know I want to hang out with my friends and you know have a good time, or you know look cool on social media, you know whatever, whatever. Like, legit could be a why. I guess I don't really know, but if the person you're working with doesn't know, unless they have a strong enough why, right? Or like, for example, most from what I understand, there's a lot of guys that come to you for overcoming like um, injuries or pain and things like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's a pretty strong enough why, cause you have a lot of emotion and, you know, 
physical pain behind that to try to push through. Um, you know, I myself came, you know, trying to get over some shoulder stuff, which obviously now like I'm able to throw, can't say I can throw 91, but I can still throw without pain, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, and even from the start of that, I was like, yeah, I don't know. You you had this like little skeptical kind of thing in the back of your head. Like, is this really going to work? But at at a certain point you had to be like, no, like, my why is going to be a lot stronger to push me through all this stuff. And, you know, regardless of whatever is thrown my way, I'm going to, I'm going to find a, find a way to be able to perform or, you know, like you said, whatever environment, cause you're never, you know, this, the old adage of saying like, Hey, there no man stands in the same river twice. Mm-hmm. Not the river's not the same. And the man's also not the same. So just having that, perspective but actually physically doing it i think was was a game changer that's a huge piece because it's i think i just put out something on this today where it's like uh it's easy to intellectualize things to sit down to sit down to figure out okay i i don't i don't really want to do this today let's sit down and figure out why and then it's like you you feel like once you've figured out why you've done the work and you're good to go then it's like, no, the work that you were actually supposed to do is still there. <laughs> so now that you figure it out, like, let's actually go and do the actual physical work that, that we're, that we're doing. And I think the process of going through that physical work, because this comes up all the time in rehab as well, like with any injury that we have, that injury is going to stick in your system, right? Wherever, if we want to say it's in the nervous system, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's in all your tissues, essentially. Your system remembers that your body. Your- yes. Okay. Yep. Your body is going to remember that injury. So it's not only the actual physical impairment, whatever that is, that gets stuck in your body, but it's also the emotions, the feelings, everything that's connected to that, that's going to get stuck there as well. So a lot of times when going through rehab, there's going to be a lot of different, what, what we would see as challenges or what we would think of as challenges that come up. Like, you don't want like you f- you're feeling apathetic towards a workout one day or you get extremely angry when you have to do you know 10 different joint moves or 20 different joint moves still fail like whatever it is there's going to be I can th- recall be- some of those yeah yeah there's going to be things that come up right and and I think a lot of times we see that as well there's something wrong with this this isn't like it shouldn't be like this but that's actually the process that again we 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 forge ourselves through Because every single time that that comes up, that's asking you or it's forcing you to look at yourself and ask yourself, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, again, if we go back to the very start, it's figuring out who the person, the person figuring out who they actually are and what they actually want. Yeah. Because it it, it might come down to the point too, where they start to understand that this actually isn't what they want. Like, I'm not going to say that that hasn't happened, right? where athletes, they get to a point where they just realize this isn't actually necessarily what I want. And now I understand that. Right. So it's not that we're trying to force them into any one path, but it's no, like let's actually get down to who you are. Cause if we get into like the school systems or thing like that, that we get put into when we're younger, I think a lot of times that takes away from a person actually like, being able to figure out who they are, what they want to do, because to think, all that. no, yeah, no, straight yeah, up. right. So it's it's trying to pull away those those inhibitions, those restrictions, those 
things that have been put on them to actually figure out who they are and what they want. And then they can fully invest themselves into what they're doing. Oh yeah. Well, that that's something that I've kind of dove into a little bit recently is like, you know, why am I doing this? Why, or why, why do I want to coach? Why do I want to help guys? And it was just kind of more of a, just congruence of constraints within my life. Like what actually brought me to lead down this path. Right. You can think of it. We could still use that river analogy where it's like, Hey, mm-hmm. like you're going through, you find a roadblock here. Okay, cool. You find a way around it. And then you go through here <clears throat> that your, your life definitely does kind of go off into like that little branch. You've probably seen those little um, like memes or like, infographics on instagram or anywhere else on social media where you like have like one path and then there's like 15 other different you know paths that you could go down just based off of pure decisions that you make yeah and i think it's you know with those decisions it's probably not even um showing as many routes as it could go because you can make there's literally yeah yeah, i don't even think there'd be branches there'd just be a a literal like splay yeah but that's so I don't know, for me, as I started to uncover more of that and realize more of that of, okay, I actually have the choice, the decision to do what I want Mm -hmm. and not that being like, okay, so if I just have the choice to do what I want, I'm just going to sit here, watch TV and not do shit. Like it's not, there might be a period where you have to go through that. Yeah. But you also have the constraint of, you know, society norms and having to, you know, go to school or make money or you know whatever it is the decisions you have yeah right right so so you learn like let's say that you do take that you do make that choice to be like okay i'm just gonna sit here not do anything that's a choice that you're making which there's also gonna be effects of that right so you learn that but yeah it's it's like that realization that you can literally i mean if we bring it back to baseball because i get this a quite a bit where an athlete is at a school particularly pitchers they don't like the like the coaching staff or the way that what they're doing is set up, whether it's they run a bunch or the training program just is in the dark, (laughs) whatever it is. So it's like, okay, if, if we stay in that situation and, and we, we complain about the situation every single day, that is not serving anything at all. Yeah. Like you can make the choice to do that, but if you're clear on what you want to do and that what you want to do is actually to turn yourself into the best baseball player that you possibly can. And and that's, that's clear. And that's real. Like the, the, the distraction of the fact that you don't like the school that you're at doesn't get in the way of that, but you're still clear on, even though this is where I'm at, this is what I want. Then we either make a decision to stay there, like cut the complaining and fully invest in what they're doing as well as like, Doing some stuff on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as well as doing other stuff. And and I'll get into why. But or or we make the decision to be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here, like and I'm gonna do that right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But so the reason that I say if you're gonna make the choice to stay there, to actually engage in what they're doing, because if we think about our like how our systems adapt, this kind of goes back to, to baseline principles. Anytime that we put ourselves in a scenario where we're in a place and doing something that we're not fully invested in, we're training our systems to, to do that. Hmm. Right. So that means that if you're in this scenario at your school and you don't want to do it and you're doing it half ass and you 
like aren't fully invested into that, then you're like training your system to be more or, or to not be as invested in what you're doing. Skip ahead the next 60 seconds if you don't want to find out about a company I co-founded, Ink Sports Performance. So here's the scoop. At Ink Sports Performance, we get it. We were athletes ourselves, former college and professional pitchers. We were also perform- former college coaches as well. Rob and I, we don't do one-size-fits-all programs. We custom craft each training and throwing program and offer that one-on-one coaching support that you need where you're not just a number. We're all about that personal touch. We'll dive into your training videos, whip up some of the program designed to take you to your next level. Nothing cookie cutter here. So if you, one of your friends, or maybe a player that you know is serious about competing at the next level, hit us up on our website, give us a call, get that set up at inksportsperformance.com. And also just a heads up, we're also very selective who we take. Right? We only take a handful of dedicated athletes, and if you're not putting in the work, we'll have to say goodbye. So let's ink you in to the next level. This is deep, but true, because that'll bleed over into like what they do for work and a bunch of other stuff, too. It, yeah, I'm, but it's, it's also crazy with how the body actually responds to that, because what I found, again, a lot with this is okay, they'll be doing great like for a certain period of time then they go to school and like it gets shitty and their attitude kind of switches or even like a, a pro guy gets into season and they're in a, whatever situation they're in and then like the body starts responding where they're sore or they're, and I get that there's a little bit more workload, but it's also like if we make that switch, that usually goes away. Like if we make that flip of, hey, you're in this scenario, like let's figure it out instead of complaining, <laughs> instead of complaining about it and moaning about it, like let's actually figure it out. The body's going to respond better to that. Like if you just take yourself and you're sitting here, like if you're listening, watching, I don't know if you do a video for this, but if you just take yourself and you're sitting here and you're like, I don't really want to listen to this. Like, I don't agree with what this dude is saying. You're going to literally notice that your body is more tense versus if you like get into it and you kind of forget about everything else, your body is going to be more fluid with that. That is happening all the time. So like, if you think about someone that's constantly in a situation that they don't want to be in, they're going to be tense all the time so like your brain gets more tense your thinking gets more tense and tighter like mm-hmm. all that stuff happens right so it's just being aware of i don't even remember how we got down this little rabbit no, it's great i love it but but it's being aware of how your body responds to all that and just like making the decision to go into like fully into whatever it is that you're doing based on the clarity of of what you're actually what you actually want yeah honestly like it's good that we went down this because probably someone who's even listening here is just like, Hey, like, what am I trying to find? Or like, I'm like, they're probably searching for something to help them either, you know, become a better player, find an edge, better coach, whatever it is. Right. Like, you know, those are questions that you need to ask yourself and actually find out, you know, why. And a, a lot of people are out there that are not people who, usually are searching for that are not happy with their current situation where they're at. So, you know, and I think that's absolutely fine to not be okay or not be happy with where yeah. you're at. Like that, use that. Place because, yeah. 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 100%. Well, I guess yeah. going into that, if someone's not, you know, where they want to be, whether that's poor performance or they're 
constantly having nagging injuries and things like that. Obviously I myself came to you and I was like, Hey, like something's going off my shoulder. I don't want to have surgery. It just doesn't make sense to, I can still do all these things. I just can't throw at a high effort level and not, you know, get through it. Mm -hmm. So obviously your assessment was a lot different than, than most because we were still on FaceTime when we did it. So you were able to see like, you know, the, the real time interaction of what was going on, which I like. And I think, um, you know, just learning more things, you know, like I said, going in more ecological dynamics, like having assessments is just a snapshot in time, really, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. And I'm sure you follow along with me on that. Cause whenever I was training with you, you'd have me send videos of different snapshots in time, almost as if, you know, you were there, you were seeing those snapshots and that was like the actual assessment versus something that you looked at six weeks, six months ago, maybe. Yeah. Yes. That's why right now I don't, I don't do the, I don't even, I don't do like the live ISO. Like for you, Mm -hmm. uh, when you started, we were doing live ISOs on a FaceTime call, right? Yep. So now I do that as a video. I don't do it on the live FaceTime call because like, on the on the FaceTime call, I basically want to get into who they are, kind of all the stuff that we already talked about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then, yeah, through the process of training, like you said, it's basically it's basically an assessment every single day, and every single moment is essentially an assessment. No, that's and, it. I mean, I think I've tried to shift my perspective with that for guys to be like, hey, as you're warming up, like assess yourself. How do you feel? Right. And you, a lot of coaches who are probably listening to this are like, I say that word all the time. Hey, how do you feel? Because a lot of kids are out of tune with it. And so they have mm-hmm. to kind of coax that question with them all the time. And sometimes even just asking that question, like they're going to get the, the, um, you know, blanket response. Oh yeah, I'm good. Thanks coach. Or, you know, whatever, unless they have like an authentic relationship, then they're going to be straight up and be like, Oh, you know, like my arms kind of sore a little bit today. Like, you know, and it, I love that, you know, that player to coach relationship can happen. Um, but I also think that the athlete does need to learn how to explore and find out for themselves what's actually going on with them that day. Yeah. And it's, it's going to start with exposing them to that in some way, right? Sure. Like you can't ask yourself a question or, or, or get a level of feedback from yourself that you haven't experienced before, unless you know to look for it or, or unless you know to go there. So I think whether we're, we're going for um, like kind of what you're getting to with like the, how are they actually feeling kind of more of that, or we go into something that's a level of actual physical preparation. Like if we make this stuff a little bit more concrete, let's say that we look, we, we look at your elbow joint and we want it to be able to handle a certain amount of force a certain amount of times with a certain amount of recovery or rest periods, right? We, we need, if we want that to happen, we need to introduce that to the elbow. And, and I'm just using the elbow as one specific example. You can take this over the whole system. You can take it over any joint. You can take it over any muscle, whatever. Sure. But like we need to expose that to new levels because as we expose that to new levels, you uncover more of, of what you're actually able to do. Yeah. said it's the said principle, but like, yeah. 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 I I definitely am with you on that. I've come to notice too. So like one thing that we also did pretty frequently was uh, joint moves. 
And mm-hmm. I used that a lot for whenever I was in 75 hard, just going through, you know, end ranges of motion. But like a lot of people look at it and they're just like, Hey, like, Oh yeah, they're just moving their body. You try moving your <laughs> like one body part, 50 reps and let me know if you start sweating or not. Yeah. It, it definitely gets you somewhere. And in, in my, like, sometimes I even get out of my head when I do it. Um, in, in a way where I'm just like really, I don't want to say out of body, but it's more of like, Hey, like, I don't know. How, how would you describe this? Cause you probably have a lot of experience with doing these too. It's more of like, you're, yeah. you're, doing this. you're, you're a part of it. You're not like doing it. You're almost a part of it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it, if we go into like, yeah, if we go into the actual physical preparation side, so you mentioned the joint moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, for people that don't know, basically what that means is you take every joint that's in your body, move it every direction that you can move it. Cause we want to be able to control every joint that we have through the range that's designed to have. Right. And then you can do that for whatever level of training stimulus, whatever you want to call it that you want to get for that day. So some ways that we'll use it like 25, 50, 75, hundred reps, like each of any of those rep schemes, we can do it till fail that's actually one that i've started a lot of lately that i like oh, wow this, okay every single one till for as long as you can or until you don't want to anymore um but the way that i look at the joint moves is that's a way to form like that that the that physical foundation of your body being able to do everything that it's designed to do like mm-hmm. that's kind of base level of that then if we build on top of that like every move or every movement that we build out on top of that is basically going to be taking advantage of that full range that we've now have that we now have at the joints. So it's like putting all those different types of joint moves together into whatever movement that we call like a squat, a bench, a throw, whatever it is. Right. Um, so we have those. And then we also want to like, there's so many different things that we want to take into account when we're thinking about physical preparation. Like in addition to that, it would be, how do we, how do we stimulate the muscular system? How do we stimulate like more tendon side of things? How do we stimulate moving fast? How do we stimulate your ability to go out and explore or create without having a structure or, or with having just like a little bit of structure? So yeah. it's all these different things that we can input into a train system or, or train scenario um, to elicit like whatever output that we want from that training input. Yep. Yeah. All of it. I mean, it makes total sense to me. This is something that I've, you know, resonated with. It's like the means doesn't, you know, a lot of people and other coaches, especially in strength and conditioning world, they argue about the means of like how to do things. But at the end of the day, it's like, Hey, what's the end goal? What, like you said, are you trying to move faster? Are you trying to, you know, open up this range for whatever reason, like find out what that is first. And then the means just kind of become apparent where you just, you, you find different ways to come about doing it. It may look different, for different people but you know i think regardless what it looks like if if you keep that why like we were circling back to the very beginning you keep that why apparent the or what's the quote that i'm trying to say if you have any why the how becomes more apparent as you continue to increase through that i probably butchered that but that's kind of what i'm getting at I, I, yeah i think we get it yeah but yeah, yeah so like if you have the you have all these different because I, I i do think the means the methods are important mm-hmm. like if if we have if the why is super clear but all you all you do is joint moves 
I, I don't think you're going to maximize what, what it is that you could do. Maybe, maybe you get to a certain level where you're able to like invest enough of yourself that, that you can get whatever you want out of those. But I, I don't, it's the why is extremely important. We start there, but we also just as important as are the means are the methods. Like sure. we want to get everything up your why the, the, the quality of exercise that we do, the, the, like how we put all that together. We want to bring all that up as high as we can, mm-hmm. because again, like if your why is super clear, but you don't actually have, again, like if you were to just do only joint moves, I don't think you pull out as much as you could out of that. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I was thinking more of like programming and like, you know, Cal deeds versus this versus, you know, all those other yeah. types of things. But yeah, you definitely yeah. do need to mix it up. Um, and to kind of circle back a little bit, what you said when we were talking about training with emotion, I remember, remember several instances, I think I was doing like spinal moves for like 10 minutes piece. And there's six of them. I was doing that for an entire hour. And I was just like, what is happening? I was just like, almost like a, a boredom, like grunt. And then there was other days where I was doing like uh deadlift ISO where I just like loaded a bunch of plates on. And I was just screaming at the top of my lungs. Also had like a, a large stress response based off of that, just from other things in life that were happening. So like mm-hmm. the system wanted to get that out. So it, that's what it, the output was, you know, it yeah. was really cool to kind of looking back and seeing all that experience. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. And that it's a, it's a cool piece of what, well, not even a, like it's a cool piece, but it's, I think it's a very important piece that we don't appreciate enough in the field. Yeah. Of how how we utilize the the tools or like what we provide the athlete, whether it's something like doing the spinal hygiene for which full credit got that from Tommy John. Oh yeah. doing doing something like that for an hour versus doing something like a overcoming deadlift ISO for a five minute running clock. That's probably what we were doing. <laughs> uh, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. So like if it's something like that or you're playing a game like are exploring, those are all completely different scenarios that we can create for the athlete. Mm-hmm. And that is going to allow them to find different, deeper levels of themselves that they didn't know were there before. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's, it's important to get away from not just thinking about training as, okay, we have this four week block. We have these exercises. We're going to change intensities. Like, it's not to say that that stuff isn't important, but it's, man, we got to bring it all in. Like, we got to bring it all together because there's so much more that we can get. Like, training isn't lifting. Training is training. <laughs> like, yeah. the, tra- the training is training yourself. It's not It's not the lifting. I mean, it is, but it isn't, right? Yep. It's not just the lifting. It's not just the program. It's it's literally training yourself. And it's, it's using the training program as a tool to do that for yourself. No, yeah, very true. I mean, it's oh, that's where like you have that. A lot of people have that mindset shift. It was like, hey, this is more than just like a workout or something to just like go burn some calories. Like you're trying to, I uh, like what your athlete said, like sculpt you, mm-hmm. or you know, I've been using the analogy of like painting a picture. You're creating a masterpiece of yourself. Some certain days, like when you're looking at things you're going to zoom in and look at a particular area of that masterpiece or like when an artist is creating it, right. It's going to, they're going to be 
using the fine brushes and the small fine details. But eventually you got to look back, zoom out and look at the entire thing and see how that looks. Because if you're zoomed in too long, you have one really specific detailed area of the masterpiece, but the rest is unfinished. You know, you're missing the point or it's going to, you know, it's going to take you a lot longer to dive into all of those pieces, you know? Yeah. That's just kind of like me speaking out loud and more. No, I, I got you. And where my, where I went off of that was like, even um, viewing training itself from, from too close in of a lens. Mm, yeah. Like if all that, if all you have is training or is your sport, you're going to be so damn zoomed in on that one thing that it's hard to get out of that and, and get perspective of that. Yeah. So it's, if there's a lot of athletes, coaches listening to this, it's being able to, like, I think it's extremely valued, valuable to be extremely committed, be extremely disciplined in like training hard, right. Or, or preparing harder or playing, whatever it is. Um, but then also being able to say like, okay, I'm, I know that I'm extremely deep in this, even if things are going really well, there's still benefit to coming outside of that, doing something that's completely separate from training so that you can kind of get that perspective of it before you then go back in. Cause I think if you get stuck too deep, little things become huge things, right? Like these, cause I, I think this happens a lot where, I mean, I work with a lot with injury and rehab where someone is, they'll have some type of injury that they've had for a little while. And they're so focused on that. They always know exactly how it feels and they know exactly what position there's pain in and they, and they know like, everything that's associated with that almost like it's so it's so clearly mapped in their mind that there's no way they're going to get rid of that yeah or even like the um almost like they have like a ghost um or like a phantom like feeling of that pain that they used to have like even if it's better then they're still kind of like recalling that yeah sense yeah like, like i've worked with a few guys like that where they're like oh hey like it feels better. Like I'm doing all the training and stuff and it, it feels fine. But then like, you know, it still feels like there's this one thing or, or they're just chasing like complete, you know, painless motion, which can happen. But like if, if they're expecting that every single day, like they're chasing a unicorn in my opinion. Yeah. Just and, from, my, from my experience. I don't know. There could be another. No. One it. Yeah. 100%. And I think that, I think that, or in my experience, that happens more when like they're, they're, you're stuck too deep in that rabbit hole where it's like, there's nothing else going on in in your life outside of like training. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, then, I've definitely been there where, Oh yeah. Even early on in my career, like I had a, I had baseball practice, you know, so you have your early work, your regular team practice, and then you stay a little bit later. Then I would go train at another place and then I would go home and then train more. Like, you know, just do all this extra stuff and not just be so deep into it. I was just like, I got a life, man. <laughs> like baseball is my life, which is, you know, you hear that said all the time. But I was like, I got to kind of branch out here a little bit and expand my horizons, you know. And then everything tends to get better. <laughs> it does. It, it's, it's, and people use that mentality of like the the person who cares too much and does everything that they can or like the try hard mentality. And then the degaff mode for a guy who like, you know, in college or like smokes drinks, d- does whatever and just doesn't give a shit and performs really well. 
then this guy is still down here. You got to have that almost, um, you know, like don't give a shit attitude and just go out there and trust yourself in a way. Yeah. And there's obviously, there's context where both are, you know, we're both are like, yeah, are needed for sure. Yeah. There's definitely too much like, you know, on the spectrum of like those two extremes, like way too Mm -hmm. serious, holding on to it. And then a guy who's just like, you know, a degenerate, basically. I don't know how how else to say it, but like, there's going to be a pendulum swing there. The truth's usually in the middle of that. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. For sure. Well, yeah, I'm, I guess the last couple of things I kind of want to touch on, cause a lot of people like see you do all this crazy stuff on social media and obviously you're, you're trying out yourself and you're doing all this stuff. What has been your why or your motivation to do this or even inspirations? Like I know we talked, talked a lot about Joe Dispenza and some of his work. Um, and then you mentioned uh, Dr. Tommy John from the spinal hygiene. What are some other inspirations that you've had? Yeah. I mean, if, if we want to start with, like my why i guess sure why i first started this uh so dac performance and health i started a little over two years ago now and the why is essentially because i mean i needed to like i needed to do something so before that i was uh running a a, an in-person training facility Mm -hmm. um that ended up getting stopped and then i had a, a a period of time where i was doing something else and then I was like, okay, I want to get back into this. What do I actually want to do? Because I knew that I didn't want to build it how I built it before. Yeah. Um, so it was going into figuring out, okay, what do I actually want to do? And what that came down to for me was I knew that number one for myself personally, I always need to feel, or I always need to be able to have the time to go into and explore new things on my own, mm-hmm. because I know that for me, that's where that's where I get my ability to help others from. If I don't, if I'm not able to put the time into myself of investigating, trying out different things myself, then it's going to show in what I, in how I work with others, because I'm not going to have that, like that little bit of edge that I'm able to have when I'm working on myself. So I knew that I wanted to set it up that way. And I think that's like, if there's coaches listening or even players listening, I mean, mostly coaches, I guess in this respect, but for me, that was an extremely important piece. Like you have to be able to take yourself continually deeper. Even if, even if you've taken yourself extremely deep in the past and you kind of stop and you're coasting and just like helping people, but you're not working on yourself like that, that fades in my experience. So it's like every, every freaking day, like there's gotta be something that you're taking yourself into. Yeah. Um, so I've heard uh, the guy who created 75 hard, uh, Andy Frisella, he said, discipline is a perishable skill. And I was like, yep, yeah. that's it. That's what I've always had that thought in my head of like, Hey, I got to continue to still do stuff and like train and try things out. But him just saying that I was like, okay, yeah, that's the most simplest way you can put it. Yeah. 100%. Um, so that was like, that was a big piece that I knew I wanted to have because in the the business that I had previously, which was Dak baseball, it got to a point where I didn't feel like I had that time to be able to continue improving myself. And so like the what I was able to put into working with others or put into the business that had an effect on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think 
something that I knew that I didn't want to happen, have happened to what I was, what I was building or what I was creating is as it got bigger to lose the, like to lose the vitality of what makes like companies that get big, lose the vitality of what allows them to start to grow in the first place. Cause most of the times when most of the time when things start to grow in the first place, it's because whoever is behind that is doing something extremely unique and doing something that's like what they're actually designed to do. And as it gets bigger, because there's so much more stuff that gets put on the plate, it's like they lose that role. And then the company stops growing as, as it, it's not that it stops growing because as a company gets bigger, you have more athletes that you can showcase, et cetera. Right. So it's going to grow in that respect. But what I'm saying is it, it's not going to grow in the actual yeah. practical application of what they're doing. Yeah. Right. That seems to slow down. So I knew that I didn't want that to have happen because like my, my basic, my boast kind of baseline why is like, I want to be able to, like, I want to be able to help people. Right. And that means that I have to help myself to a certain level first. Mm -hmm. So that was important for me when I was building this out is to be able to allow that time because I knew that that's going to allow me to actually create a business. That's what I want it to be. Um, so yeah, I guess from that a little over two years ago, I first started that just out of like a, a little, it wasn't a little sad, but it was just like, there's nothing. I really didn't even have any, any equipment. I was just like going to ISOs on a picnic table basically. Yeah. Um, cool. And then, yeah, moved out here, moved into a garage gym. Uh, and that's where I'm at right now. But yeah, I mean, it's like the, the why behind it is I want to be able to help as many people as possible because I think also at the start for coaches or for people that are starting a business and even for myself, the first thing that I, that I wanted to do or needed to do was to be able to do it well enough to take care of me, to be able to take care of myself, to be able to have bills paid, to be able to have all of that, right? But then once that gets taken care of or or you get to a point where it's like, okay, this is more settled than it used to be at least. Right. Then you can start thinking about other things. So for me, that's where it led to like, I could build a business to a certain level and, and just like keep it there. Right. And just still experiment myself, but kind of have it closed where I have a limited number of athletes where I have that, you know, that type of setup. Cause initially when I first started, that's where my mind went. But as it grew, it was like, okay, I can do that, but it it, it just I'm not gonna be able to help as many people as I would otherwise be able to help. So for me, that was figuring out, okay, how do I actually quote unquote scale this without losing the quality of it? Um, so that's where I started creating some some of the different things that I have, like the vitals, um, the different like programs and stuff that I have is I want, I'm not they're not there yet, I don't think. <laughs> That I don't think they'll ever be there. Oh, in my, in my yeah. Yeah. But like, I want those to be good enough so that I have athletes that I can work with one-on-one or directly. But for those that I can't work with one-on-one or directly, like there, I have resources that are, are, are available and that are so good that they don't need to ask a question. I mean, that's well, probably well, those like, are your, those are your principles, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For them to be able to understand that. And I don't think that's ever, like necessarily an achievable goal but i also think that's what i don't know like that's great things aren't created out of something that is achievable easily you know what i'm saying well it's it's not going to be perfect it's always going to evolve just like i mentioned before like your 
no man's going to be in the same river twice, just like the, the vitals might hit and you're going to read something one way in one particular point in your life. And then you're going to read it six months later and be like, Oh wow. Okay. I can get a totally different perspective from this now. Yeah. No. So it's, it's definitely something that's evolving, but I like what you're saying. We're like all those things, the structures in place are helping you, you know, have those principles down where it's like, Hey, like, this is the foundation we're standing on the rest. You can also go and explore and figure things out yourself, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, I just, I knew like, I knew that I didn't want to create a business that just like, I don't want to say sell out, but that kind of like sells out. Well, it's, it's always, stagnates. We'll just say stagnates, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Gonna be. Yeah. And this this has been on like the front of my mind recently because that's kind of where I'm at right now. I was like, okay, how do we best do this, mm-hmm. or, or how do I best do this in terms of you know making sure that I keep it the way that I want to have it, and just but also be able to help more people to be able to like continue to grow that. Um, but I don't remember what the original question was. So you were going <laughs> through like what your why was, and then yeah, I guess you can go into you know, just some of your inspirations that led you up to this point. Yeah. So people that, uh, have helped or guided, like first guy that I ever learned from well, I mean, I was a big Eric Cressy guy back in high school. Sure. Now I, I just, I want to give full credit there. I don't like with that being said though, I don't really, uh, I have a completely different perspective now. But I, mean, I can definitely tell just by looking at your Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> but like full respect to him, like that's that's the, kind of the first place that I went. Yeah. Um, in terms of the baseball world, uh, Paul Nyman had a pretty big influence. His separate website, like the old website, I don't know if there's anything mm-hmm. he has anything anymore. Um, but he did. He's still out um, on the Twitter sphere a little bit. I don't know if he puts out any new stuff, but yeah. Okay, got you. Um, other people, I mentioned Dr. Tommy John or Tommy John. I mentioned him. Uh, Jay Schroeder had a large influence in terms of, in terms of the ice, I guess you can say ISOs, but he also, uh, he also, like, if you actually listen to what he says, he goes more into kind of what we were talking about in terms of the ISO is simply a tool to, to train and to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. So he kind of helped uncover that a little bit for me. Funny um, when you say that before you move on, have you read yeah. the book, uh, winning by Tim Grover? I've read relentless. I didn't read winning. I'm pretty sure it was in winning where he says that he was having Kobe shoot out of like an ISO lunge. Mm. And some, I was reading that and one of my athletes like or sent that to me. I was like, Oh wow, that's cool. You know, I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, I, I'm going to have to read it now. Yeah. Yeah. You should. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So then you had the Schroeder and then. Yeah. Um, one, one of the guys who, again, I, not necessarily so much now, but Cal Dietz. Um, so a while ago, me and a buddy took a trip around the country, like 13 different facilities. And he was the first place that we went to. And, uh, before we went there, I guess he just, he just helped to like spark a whole new level of interest in it. Like we went there, we got to sit with and talk with him for an hour. And he used to talk about things like, okay, the ocean has these ions and like all this different shit that we hadn't really thought to bring into a training context yet. Yeah. Like we were thinking about training as the, 
as the weight room, as the physical side of it. You're too zoomed so, in. Yeah. Yeah. He, he helped to open all that up. Um, Joe Dispenza, you mentioned him once or twice before. He's had a, a huge impact or influence in terms of how I think about feelings, emotions, how those interact with the physical body and, and, and how I communicate with athletes about that. Um, so he's had a large influence as well. I think that's uh, really important for some guys too, because, you know, us as not even just athletes, but as men, sometimes we tend to suppress those emotions and don't respect them for what their purpose is actually trying to, to, to bring about, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like his stuff because I mean, it's not, it's not that we need to necessarily sit and, and like while or think or feel about emotions oh, the way no. that, yeah, yeah. The way that I think about it more, what I've gotten from him is, so you have, and, and I talked about a little bit before. So every single moment, like we talked about it when we were going into the, uh, the example of the athlete at practice that doesn't want to be there, right? Every single moment you're training your system on how your system works. Like every single moment is an experience that your system is learning from like brain and body are learning from in terms of how you want it to operate. Right. So he helped me understand that a lot. And that let's say that you have an injury or you have something that you're working through every single moment is an opportunity to exit that, like to choose a different path in terms of what you were, where we, where you were at before. So like, instead of necessarily going in and trying to figure out like what caused it and whatever all the mess is, instead of going into that, because when we do that, we're basically just recycling that and making that loop stronger within our system. Like instead of that, you no, know, if we go out, you choose how you want to be, and then you go that way. And every time that we do that, every time that we make that decision, that choice, like every single moment, we're training our system loop between brain and body to act that way or to be that way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be fake. It doesn't have to be created. Because I went through a period of that as well, where it felt like I was trying to force myself to be a certain way. But it's getting back to I know what I actually want. I know how I actually want to be in, in how I actually want to present, et cetera. Like I know who I actually want to be. So it's an active choice to make these choices in every single moment versus something that it feels like I quote unquote have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. You don't, you want to steer away from that have to, or that should type of mindset, right? It's, it's something that you get to do or that you're like, Hey, I will do this because of your why not that, because for for me, and I heard this uh, said, or actually read this a little bit in um, this book uh, called Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. And he talks about like the shoulds or the have tos is almost like a clenched fist of your mind, right? Like everything's just like really stiff. And that also presents itself in your physical body. But whenever yeah. you have like the will or, you know, kind of more flowing movements and things like that, then that actually, you know, is a lot easier to go through, which I thought was, you know, pretty cool of uh, kind of an analogy. And you can probably kind of, if you've had that experience before from I mys- myself having that have to, or that I was that guy that was just, you know, too extra. Right. And that clenched fist mm-hmm. where everything was just like really stiff or people today call it and throwing like muscling up, like that's going to show in how they throw based off of where their mindset is. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's kind of a, it's a really interesting parallel, I think. Yeah. I, 
how I think about it is anything that comes in has to has to go out. Yeah. And put for, out. For to, yep. So if something comes in where, hey, I, I should I should go train or I should go do this, whatever it is, there has to be some resolution or decision made. Either, okay, yep, gonna go do that, or no, decided not to, like whatever the decision is, comes in, goes out, and and that's just that flow versus comes in. Like, uh, like thinking or whatever it is, that's when that tension comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's really cool. I think that's probably a really good spot to end on. Obviously there's a lot of other stuff we could touch on. We could talk here for hours, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, no, that's all really awesome stuff. Obviously I myself, am going to have to go back and listen to this to kind of, really digest it. I know you listeners probably will as well. Obviously there was a lot of value there, but if there's something that really stuck out to you, you know, share it or, you know, take a clip from it, quote it on Twitter, whatever you want to do. And yeah. Uh, Before we end this, Brady, what's your, uh, your socials that people can reach out to email address, all the good stuff. Yeah. So Instagram is at deck performance and health so dac performance and health and then if they want to send me an email uh, it's brady at dac baseball.com haven't got the email changed yet so hey no it's fine i mean but you know to be transparent like you do work with a lot of baseball guys but that's just kind of your your start to your journey to where you're at now which is really well yeah i mean Practically, my web, my first website was deckbaseball.com. And so yeah. I had that domain. So that's why I still have it. Stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. But yeah, that's, that's where they can reach me if they have questions or want to reach out about anything. Awesome. Well, all right, guys. For those of you listening, stay in the zone.